Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, August 16th. Five minutes after 11, this is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you listening. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there as well at Casey Daniels 317. Of course, you can watch us if you'd like. We're on YouTube. Type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So Todd Young has something to say. And that's pretty (laughs) much... Do we have to listen? Yeah, you do. His message, don't pick Trump. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. He was speaking in Muncie, and uh, he said, Donald Trump, you're just going to get more of the same. It's time to move on. Oh, well, you know, we may, those of us who are old enough to remember, will go back in the time machine to 2016 when uh, Todd Young was running for U.S. Senate. Now, you may remember, Casey, Todd Young did not get the signatures to get on the ballot to run for U.S. Senate. Uh, Of course, every congressional district, you must get the the 500 uh, signatures, uh, verified in each congressional district and our old pal uh, Todd or as he's known here the Duke of Spendingburg of course he's called the Duke of Spendingburg because he is the highest spending Republican in the U.S. Senate and really giving uh, race and within striking distance of being the highest spending senator in all of the U.S. Senate. Weird because he went on a stop Washington waste tour uh, when he was running for for re-election. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Of course, Todd did not get the signatures, uh, then hired Susan Brooks' husband as his uh, attorney, may or may not have had a donor to his campaign on the election board, and magically was allowed to somehow stay on the ballot despite not getting the uh, the required uh, 500 signatures. I believe that was in the first congressional district. He was too lazy and arrogant to get those signatures in. Uh, you may also recall, for those of us who are old enough to remember, uh, in 2016, Todd Young went down to, I believe it was Florida, and met with a group of never-Trumper donors. And at the time, it was, oh, no, no, it's probably just a big coincidence that all these people hate and want to stop Trump. Pay no attention to that. I'm just here to, to raise a few bucks for my Senate campaign. And, of course, Todd Young is a U.S. senator today because, well, thanks to the donor and lobbyist Christmas miracle where he got on the ballot without the signatures uh, and then was fully funded to the tune of millions of dollars by now his adult supervision. Mitch McConnell in the U.S. Senate, he got to become a a U.S. senator. And and we warned you for the better part of six years about who Todd Young was and how he'd behave and what he was doing. And, well, a lot of people got in that ballot booth last year and said, well, it doesn't matter. We know Todd's done all these things. We know old Spendingberg is spending the money and hates Trump and, well, really just has a vile hatred for conservatives. And uh, we're... uh, you know, we're going to vote for him anyway, because gosh darn it, Casey, we There's can't, an R next we can't have a Democrat in there because that Democrat might spend a lot of money. And well, we just <laughs> we can't have that. And then, of course, in between, we had that the toddy spending Berg, whatever we're calling him today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had that legendary run in at the Stacks Pancake House yeah. in which he banned filming of the event and then proceeded to move aggressively towards me while his little stooge Igor then started filming and the you know and and we have new people coming in all the time it's very wild Casey about Todd Young you know he was a Marine did you know that I did know that did you know that Todd Young was in the Marines now you may not know Kev because he doesn't like to talk about it I mean only every seven seconds in television (laughs) ads but did you know Todd Young was in the Marines 
Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, see, well, then you have clearly been living <laughs> under a rock, and I'm going to find out what the hell's wrong with you. But for a big, tough Marine, and, you know, he's a big 2A guy, and, well, you know, Casey, I'm just sitting there in a booth, you know, my girlfriend at the time, who became my wife, was was there with me as, as well, and uh, we're just sitting there minding our own business, and, well, gosh darn it, he starts moving real aggressively towards me, and you've heard from countless people who were there, Casey, that's exactly what happened. I'm, I'm not making it up. You've heard from people who were in attendance there, and it was so weird. He had this big, burly-armed deputy moving behind him the whole time, too, yeah. which is wild because he was a Marine and a big, tough guy and a pro 2A guy, and he was so scared of little Rob Kendall. <laughs> anyway, this is it's totally on par. Todd Young is a disingenuous fraud. He's a guy who wanted to be in politics since he was old enough to tie his shoes. He loathes conservatives. If you are a conservative, he hates you, and so this is totally on par that Todd Young would want absolutely nothing to do with Donald Trump, but don't blame me. I didn't vote for the guy. Yeah, well, he's saying that after these latest criminal indictments, it's time for people to move on from Donald Trump. He said the party needs to find another person to represent the GOP in the next presidential election. And he said someone who can actually win come next November. Oh, so you mean win so we can have just the Todd Young version of government, which is record spending, record taxes, deficits, national debt. I mean, Todd Young and Mitch McConnell, this is the guy that we're supposed to be taking advice from. When the Republicans had just won the House of Representatives and the sales pitch to America was, put us back in there so we can stop the the Democrats spending. Now, of course, we knew that ended up being a giant lie based on the fact that McCarthy and his best friend Jim Banks teamed up together to, well, raise the debt ceiling and we can put Jim Banks in there because, well, he didn't care enough to vote. So if you don't care enough to vote, we assume you're complicit in the behavior. But remember at the time, that was their sales pitch. And weeks before the Republicans were set to take office to do the promised rein in spending, which of course was a giant lie because that's what Republicans do, Todd Young and his adult supervision, Mitch McConnell, teamed up together to pass Chuck Schumer's spending bill. Again, more money than ever before flowing out of the federal treasury and totally chopped the legs off the Republicans. That's what Todd Young believes the Republican Party should be. And you should put somebody in there who will go along with that. I find it interesting that he doesn't mention who he does endorse. He doesn't say who if you just... His message was just get off Trump. Yeah, well... He's not saying who he thinks is going to do a better job. But you can't... You can't... I can, because I've been vehemently against this guy for many, many years now. But you can't be angry if a person does what they've always done and you have affirmed that. Everybody paying attention knows that Todd Young is a big government political insider who is totally beholden to the donors and the lobbyists and sweet daddy Mitch and whatever they tell him to do. And we all know there's nothing more that those people would like to do than to get rid of Donald Trump. If you're a Mitch McConnell voter, you got to or a Mitch, same thing. If you're a Todd Young voter, you've got to look in the mirror because we told you this was going to happen. We told you what this guy was. We told you it doesn't matter what letter is next to his name. Hell, what was that lunatic that ran against him? McDermott. Mm -hmm. McDermott sounded way more conservative than Todd Young did for the first half of that debate. Then they got into the social issues, which are just he was a traditional Democrat in terms of, you know, on demand abortion, whatever. But. 
for the first part of the debate on the fiscal side, it was like, which one is the Democrat and which one is the Republican? So Mike Braun hasn't issued any sort of statement about Trump, but he has issued a statement about Biden and the Democrats pursuing Trump, saying that, you know, Biden is weaponizing the justice system and it's going to cause irreversible damage to the nation, divide us further. So what does that mean for the state of Indiana when you have two sparring senators? Well, you, you have... They're Indi- not even unified in this state. Yeah, but the, the Braun's no different. And this is what, what the Braun stuff angers me. And, I, and you know, I tweeted this out yesterday because we are going to spend, once this g- governor's primary heats up in earnest, we're going to spend a lot of time here reminding people about Mike Braun's actual voting record when he had the ability to have influence. Mike Braun's entire time in the U.S. Senate, he has basically had no influence because... The Republicans, while they had the Senate and the presidency, didn't have the House. So it was, you know, Nancy Pelosi was a check and balance, whatever. And then obviously they spent a couple of years in the wilderness with no levers of government. It's easy to say stuff when you know you don't have to ever man up and actually own the thing or the result. When Mike Braun was in the Indiana House of Representatives, In 2017, he voted for the largest tax increase in Indiana history. And we talk about it every single day, and it cripples people every time they go to the the gas pump. The tax on gas that goes up every single year without debate or discussion. The Republicans just renewed it again, and he voted for more than 40 other tax increases in Holcomb's first year in 2017. So Mike Braun, at least on this show, is not getting a free pass with, gee, gosh, I'm a big conservative, and I'm for limited government. I mean, we had that guy called the show, Casey. Mm -hmm. Remember who asked Braun about the property taxes, and Braun said, kiss my ass. We're not doing anything. It'll be fine. It'll work itself out. Uh, But, sir, I can't really afford to stay in my home. It'll be fine. It'll work itself out. Mike Braun is, based on his voting record in the House where he actually had influence, is not a conservative. He's not for limited government. He's for higher taxes and more government because that's what he voted for. Okay, well, let's talk about property taxes because guess what? Good news. Are they doing something about it, finally? Did you say good news on property taxes? Well, in a couple years. (laughs) Please, it's a, a two-year tax-focused task force. <laughs> this is a this is the state government equivalent of please leave a message after the beep. We'll mm. return the call as soon as possible. So they have formed this tax task force mm-hmm. to study taxation because. Well, we need help understanding whether the property taxes are completely out of control or not. Yeah. And they've got all these people on this committee. By the way, how was I not asked to be on this committee? Exactly. Well, it's a 12-person task force, uh-huh. and 13 would have been an unlucky oh, number. Oh, that's a good That's yeah. a good point. Uh, and they have said it will take us two years mm-hmm. to come to the conclusion on what taxes are too high. So- make no mistake, Casey, if you and I are blessed enough to be here doing this show in, in two years, and we will go ahead and jot this down. It is 11-16 on the 16th of August, 2023. Mm-hmm. Their whole goal on this committee, because they mentioned property taxes is one of the things they're going to look at. Yep. Now, that doesn't help you now if you're struggling to pay your mortgage and you have no idea next year based on some assessments, assessor's arbitrary ruling by fiat, whether your taxes will go up or not. Uh But two years from now, their whole goal on this is to get rid of income tax to help their rich 
donor buddies. So they're talking about property taxes. They're lying to you. They're talking about these other taxes they're going to look at. They're lying to you. They may tinker around the edges on some of this stuff, but the whole goal of this, and you watch two years from now, is to get rid of the income tax because that helps their rich donor buddies, and that's who they care about. Yeah, well, they say it's to support lowering property taxes, but they do say specifically axing the income tax. Absolutely. That is the Indiana Republican Party will always choose the path that helps the people that donate to their campaigns and have the most influence down at 200 West Washington. Okay, so the the meeting is scheduled for Wednesday, August 23rd at 10 a.m., uh, in the state house, room one thirty. Oh, how exciting! I, we should we should send I, a reporter over. I was going to say, I, I double dog dare you to go knock on that door. Uh, well, I think it's public. I think these meetings are are open to the public. I don't think uh, you know they may have a shoot on site order if I show up, but I don't think they can keep me out of the the meeting. Of course, I've had police public wep- comment section. Well, I've had police yeah. weaponized on me before for asking about an agenda, so it wouldn't be the the first time. All right, Casey. When we come back, mm-hmm. I think we've put this off long enough. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody got very angry at me last night. Yeah. Um, you had a TV appearance. Well, she's been very angry, it appears, for a very long time. And I don't know why I'm the bad guy. If you are for sucking the brains out of a defenseless fetus from conception to live birth, I think that would call you an on-demand abortion advocate. Mm-hmm. And boy, she has been really angry about that for about 11 months now. She does not like the nickname, and we'll get into it coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I thought you guys were friends. Why would he do this to you? Uh, 22 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You were on uh, TV last night. I was on TV last night. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, our dear friend, probably the most beautiful man in all of uh, central Indiana media, Phil Sanchez, mm-hmm. sent me a, uh, a text yesterday. He does the very fabulous 11 o'clock news for, for Wish TV. We dub him the Sanchez yeah. the, instead of the franchise. He is the, the Sanchez. And he'd sent me a text and said, hey, would you be willing to the... Uh, uh, Zoom or whatever it is, do a segment for the show tomorrow. And I said, sure, absolutely. Phil comes on our show all the time. We go on his. We love Phil. Phil's great. I said, absolutely. He said, hey, we're going to talk about the, the the Trump indictment. And I yeah. uh, said, okay, hey, fine, great. And he said, uh, yeah, and Destiny Wells will be your, uh, will be your co-panelist. Mm-hmm. And I laughed out loud mm-hmm. and I responded to him, she may have an aneurysm when she finds out who she's going to be working with. Because you remember yeah. Destiny Wells. Yeah. She is the uh, on demand abortion advocate and we'll get to that here in a second she does definitely does not like that nickname who she was as running for secretary of state was very oddly advocating for abortion from conception to live birth no limits expressed by her whatsoever which is weird because the the secretary of state has absolutely nothing to do with abortion whatsoever and the fact that you would be lusting after the ability to suck the brains out of a defenseless fetus um very odd and we had said at the the time that's a very odd strategy to go with in indiana especially for an office that doesn't have Uh, anything to do with that. And clearly, the voters agreed based on the fact that despite, remember, it was all like, oh, she's a rock star and look Mm -hmm. at the money that's rolling in and oh, she's really going to make this race competitive. Destiny Wells ran against 
arguably in the uh, 207 year history of this state, the worst person to ever seek public office, statewide public office, Diego Morales. I mean, what a cavalcade of disaster that guy is. And everybody knew it. And an orange peel (laughs) probably could have given Diego a competitive race. But that is how unlikable Destiny Wells proved herself to be that she not only got beat, she got smoked Mm -hmm. by Diego Morales by almost 14 points, 54.1 to 40.2 in the election. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had given her the name on-demand abortion advocate, which I thought she would be you know, proud of because, well, you know, she spent a great deal of her time on the campaign trail talking about wanting basically no restrictions on abortion. So I don't know why I was the bad guy for, uh, you know, saying you're an on-demand abortion advocate. I thought you were supposed to say it loud and, and, and say it proud. Um, so it become very aware, Casey, since then that she was very unhappy about that nickname. And I thought, well, this will be you know, this will be a fun little little interaction. I, I jokingly told Phil, I said, because the, the segment is like three minutes and it's not, you know, like we do here, long form talk radio. Sure. And, you know, Phil's very professional and yep. does a great job. And I told him, I said, well, I will I will refrain from calling her an on-demand abortion advocate during our <laughs> during the segment during our segment about trump okay and phil was laughed and yeah hey you know me hey Casey. thanks for <laughs> for not bringing that up while we're talking about something else I thought, well you know you're on somebody else's show and we're yeah. here to talk about trump yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna bring any you know personal misgivings in and i would assume she could you know be professional enough to do the same and we'll give our opinions and we'll all we'll go on our our merry way and so um and i'm obviously paraphrasing here because this was uh not caught on the the camera that aired last night on Wish TV. So we get on there and Phil is being his usual charming and charismatic self mm-hmm. before we start rolling the tape. And he says something to the effect of, wow, it's amazing. I could, I could bring you, you two together. I could get you guys, you know, on the whatever, you know, and, and her immediate response, I'm laughing and smiling. And, uh, and this is off the air. Yeah, this is off the air. And again, I'm just doing this from, from, from memory here. Uh, her response was something to the effect of, yeah, that's unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> So said, well, it's uh, and then she said, well, what is it that you call me, Rob? And she had some name that um, while close to on demand abortion advocate wasn't. I mean, this is right out of the gate. Right. Yeah. So clearly this woman, she's been thinking about it. Well, you know, the election was 11. I'm doing math in my head here. The election was this December uh, nine, nine and a half months ago, 10, yeah. 10 months, whatever it's been. I think we dubbed her on demand abortion advocate during like October. So it's been 10, 11 months. She has been sitting on this, Casey. Mm-hmm. I mean, no pleasantry. She can't even fake it. She has such rage. She can't even fake it yeah. for two minutes. And she said, well, you know, what is it you call me? And she got it wrong. And I didn't, you know, you know me, I'm never one to back down. So I asked Phil, I said, Phil, I, you know, I promised you, I wouldn't call her this, but we haven't started rolling yet. And, you know, Phil, do I have permission? And he said, oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. And I said, well, you're an on-demand abortion advocate. Mm-hmm. That didn't sit well with her. Yeah. And then, you know, we had the segment, you can go review it. And it was somewhat fine. She took a couple little insults at me, but lady get in line. If you think like saying mean things about me is going to affect me or make me do anything other than smile, especially knowing how much you absolutely hate my guts. And um, then we got done with the segment and Phil was very professional and kind of kept us in, in order. And you'll notice I didn't, you know, respond to her. I didn't say anything mean. I, I took the high road. And then at the, the very end, and again, I'm doing this from memory because we had stopped rolling the tape. Uh, he said, uh, 
something to the effect of, uh, boy, that was great. You know, thanks, guys. Really appreciate you. Phil's always above board and, Mm -hmm. you know, just very professional. And she then said something to the effect of, yeah, Rob, have fun being a windbag for three hours on the radio tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, well, she was listening this morning. Oh, she was. Yeah, because she'd been tweeting about you. No kidding. uh, As well. Wow. And, And she's saying that you're obsessed with her. Oh. Which is interesting because she's the one who brought it up. Like, we weren't even going to talk about this today. No, absolutely not. Until she started tweeting this Well, you know, it is one of those things where I, as you know, Casey, can be incredibly professional at all times. And, uh, you know, I... I am more than happy to Mm -hmm. play whatever role is needed for me to be played. And it's it's just such a shame that a person who did so poorly in the election, and let's face it, if you can't come within 13.9 percentage points of Diego Morales, there's absolutely basically no one you could come within 13.9% points for statewide office. It's a shame that instead of Destiny doing some self-reflection and looking herself in the mirror and saying, wow, maybe advocating in Indiana, which is a very pro-life state, for sucking the brains out of a defenseless fetus from conception to live birth, maybe that was on me for doing that. And maybe that really did alienate a lot of voters who do recognize what an incompetent buffoon Diego Morales is, but when based with the choice of incompetence or someone for on-demand abortion, I'm going to choose the incompetence. Instead of a little self-reflection, instead of owning her own you know, shortfalls as a candidate saying, well, I'll learn from that and I'll do better next time. She has spent whatever it's been, 10, 11 months seething about the radio guy. Mm-hmm. And what is she going to run for now? Because it seems to me that her, her fans think she's still running for something. Oh, uh, I, I, have, I have no idea. By the way, what did she say in her... Uh, she's tweeting about us? Is that what you, you about, said? About you. Oh, about me? Yeah, about you. Oh, what what did she say? She said, here's someone is obsessing about me and my abortion advocacy in the radio again this morning, and she tagged you. Oh. Uh, can't tune in. Listening to more substantive things like Baby Shark. So her theory is that mm-hmm. we are so... She wants you to believe that... We are so listened to and beloved by so many people that she was instantaneously contacted. Because it's my understanding she posted that immediately upon our tease about me being on TV in the nine o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. Nine twenty three. That she was just immediately contacted, despite the fact we didn't name her, we didn't, we never used her name. She wants the public at large to believe that, despite never being named, she was instantaneously contacted, and that she's. Well, she's not listening, but she wants us to know she's not listening. Right. You know, that's the equivalent of like following your boyfriend to a uh, or ex-boyfriend to a bar and then storming in there and going, what are you doing? I can't believe you're here. (laughs) This is going to ruin my entire time. Somebody commented in the thread. uh, Why do we blue Hoosiers not have access to meaningful talk radio? Uh Uh, You do. It's called The View. (laughs) Enjoy. It's Hi, Destiny. It was nice to work with you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's falling below a major milestone for the first time. 1135, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're talking about TV viewing. Yeah. Fell, uh, what, less than 50% of viewing? Is traditional TV? Yeah. So if you if you take uh, broadcast and cable, Wall Street Journal had this article, and I think cable is now something like twenty nine percent, 
and broadcast over the air television is now 20%. Mm-hmm. Together, those make up public school math participant here, but under 50%. I think it's very close. I think it's something like 49. 49.6. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And so that means the now the majority of viewing is essentially streaming based content. Yeah. And I think this is a great example of how and you know this because you've been in management on the radio side for years, but you also worked in television. When you have something that is governed, period, much less overseen by the federal government, you have to move in a very clunky, or you're forced to move in a very clunky, slow type of response. It's the same thing that happened to a lot of terrestrial radio in the mid-2000s when the digital download stuff was becoming Mm -hmm. prevalent and satellite Mm -hmm. radio, because again, you were forced to interact and get approved by whatever you desired to do by the federal government that other than places like WIBC, which has a loyal, very hardcore, longstanding audience that seeks something they can't get anywhere else, which is local talk radio, the radio industry has struggled. Same thing with television. When, when you are dealing with the streamers, the Netflix, the, the Hulus, the whatever, they play in a much different sphere than over-the-air television does. And quite frankly, you're seeing the demise of television much the way the terrestrial radio industry has really struggled. It's happening at a pretty fast pace, too. I mean, we've been talking about it for more consistently over the past year how quickly it's happening to broadcast television uh suits by the way the most watched show on streaming last month hammer was talking about how he's been binge watching that so he was on that trend early what was was, you were you were gone kev obviously was here was this when ethan was here i think we had a something prompted this sort of conversation i forget how we got on it but we were to oh it was rogan we were talking about why rogan is so popular And one of the reasons, and I don't think this is the only reason, but Rogan talks the way regular dudes talk around a bar. Now, I'm not saying the key to success in terrestrial radio is everybody being able to drop F-bombs left and right. But let's face it. There are limits Mm -hmm. on this radio station. What we can say. What we can say. Mm -hmm. And the Federal Communications Commission, I think, has in many areas failed to keep up with what is now considered decency in society. And let's face it, you and I are very, and Kev, are very aware, and we are hyper-aware to the point we always err on the side of caution, Mm -hmm. which if edgy and forward-moving and is what people are seeking in the sense of whether it's Barstool or it's Outkick or it's Rogan, we are fine because we do a lot of local content that if you care about state or local politics, you're not going to get that anywhere else but here. There is no what we do on the Internet. So WIBC has always been we'll be we'll be fine. And we figure out nobody could have done the segment we just did. But us, Casey, nobody could have figured out a way to make the unhinged secretary of state candidate who sent spent 10, 11 months seething about the fact that she got called an on-demand abortion advocate Mm -hmm. funny the way we did. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. But terrestrial radio, the rest of it that's not hyper-local, is bound by these same 
restrictions and they don't have the benefit of being the only the only thing. And so I think that's why people have gone more and more to televisions the same way. You get compelling content on streaming, right. hyper-focused content that you can't get kind of anywhere else. Well, and Netflix and YouTube have grown to record highs. They're up to 38.7% of all total TV viewing. So broadcast television falling and the streaming clearly is going up. I think part of that, though, has to do with uh, people's schedules and times. They can pick it when they want to watch it. You know, we've talked about how local news and sports are the only things that you're going to go to your broadcast television for because the day because la- they're telling you when it's going to air the day later or in many cases you're right with breaking news or sports an hour later it's old right it's old unusable content right and and they're setting the schedule but when it comes to dramas and comedies or anything else you're going to binge that's on your time and you get to pick it's a convenience thing but do you really think that it is the language sometimes the salty language of people like joe rogan the curse words that that's the appeal because well well, kev is better to answer this and i know he did last week or two weeks ago or whenever it was we had this conversation because i'm not a rogan consumer but you are why is it that you consume joe rogan uh, it's just long form, free flowing yes. conversations mm-hmm. that are very natural mm-hmm. and they cover a variety of topics that I think a lot of people are thinking about right. anyway. And th- and this is so to come back to our industry and we love every single sponsor we have and we would not eat without them. And everyone should visit every single sponsor that we have and tell them Kendall and Casey sent you. They're wonderful. They're amazing. But we, unlike Rogan, Mm -hmm. we have nine, eight minutes, whatever it is, and we've got to play some announcements so that we all eat. And luckily, we do a good enough job and people love our sponsors that they sit through those announcements. You're right. For people like Kev and that millennial generation. Yeah. That I think to because Kev is the demo, right? Kev is a young professional for Rogan. He's uh He's, you know, late 20s. He's a professional. He has disposable income. He is attuned to politics, but not in the sense of he lives it and breathes it every single day. And he's interested in a variety of topics. And you have to have that long form ability, which a lot of terrestrial radio doesn't have. And so to bring that back to television, they're supposedly going to be putting Yellowstone on CBS this fall, like replays of Yellowstone. I have no idea how they're going to make that show Work and everybody who hears my voice now knows what I'm talking about. If you've ever tried to watch, like the movie Old School was on the other day, I saw on cable, and every other word is bleeped out or or whatever. That movie doesn't work. It just the movie itself doesn't work. Yellowstone is not going to work on over the air broadcast television. It's not made for broadcast. So I so I don't know what the answer is unless the federal government on TV and radio alike is willing to just start making some major changes let's face it we are still governed by things that happened in the 1940s when orson wells did war of the worlds Mm -hmm. correct when i owned my radio station i used to you know because you'd always have to fill out this paperwork every year and uh, you know keep these files and that and blah 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 and i used to just sit there and go talking about the public files all yeah just all sorts of that stuff and i think there's something else interesting going on because the fcc has now um changed their emergency alert system yeah. to now show up on people's cell phones. Here. And that used to be kind of the, like the radio is the last line of defense. And one of the big benefits of radio was that it doesn't take 
uh, a room full of engineer. I mean, you can yeah. f- fix anything in the studio with duct tape. You can MacGyver it, you know? Here's a per- and you just hit on a perfect example, and I know we got to get to a break. I'll end with this, about how when government is in charge of something, it stymies creativity, and that's why the industry is hurting, because you just hit on the perfect thing. When I owned my radio station, I had a perfectly working EAS system. Mm-hmm. It was an older system, but it worked perfect. And there was nothing wrong with it. It would transmit the the message, all the required things. You'd get a paper trail. It would print out a receipt. You had it for your records. Hey, we transmitted the message, blah, blah, blah. So if the FCC were to show up, we're, we're in full compliance. Midway through me owning that radio station, and this must have been, I don't know, I want to say 2012, 2013. I may be off by a year or two. We get a memo from the federal government that all EAS systems must be updated mm-hmm. to be able to be accessed via the internet and if you do not have that, you have to buy a new EAS system. And now you have to go from one working weather radio, which transmits the signal. For the, I'm doing insider baseball here, but the people who don't know, there is one primary area from which an EAS will alert from, and then all the stations are required to carry it. Yep. And all the stations work There's together. There's like one main EAS. Yeah, yes. They send it out. All the other stations pick it up exactly. and repeat it. Well, now, under that new thing, you had to have two of these, and you had to have two working radio mm. weather radios for to pick up two different stations. And this new EAS system was like a $3,000 purchase, and it was all of this rigmarole to get it hooked up, to make sure it was working. You had to bring an engineer in. Financially, not the end of the world, but it was the t- for individual station owners, which I was and thousands of other people are, the time, the effort, the expense. You have created something that was not a problem and you have made it a problem and you took away all the time and attention and resources we could have done to do other compelling things. We had to make sure you, federal government, mm-hmm. were in compliance. And I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is such a great example of why broadcast television and terrestrial radio, other than places like this, are totally getting left behind because of outdated government bureaucracy bullcrap. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Would you like some inspiring words from our president? Well, gosh darn it, sure, Casey. I I, I had a feeling you wanted to you wanted to hear this. Uh, it's eleven fifty two. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Joe Biden versus words. Oh, uh, words win this time. This must be from his Biden Word of the Day calendar. <laughs> Why can't he speak? <laughs> I, I he's excited about something. See if you can figure it out. But then, when I signed the bipartisan infrastructure again, which he signed the what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe maybe we could hear that again. I, that didn't, didn't sound like a word or words, plural. But then when I signed the bipartisan infrastructure again, which. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was he trying to say? I don't Bi- know. Bipartisan. I don't know. Infrastructure. I don't know. I don't. Why? <laughs> why can't he speak? Um. By the way, happy one-year anniversary of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, that's exciting. Things have gotten really a lot less expensive over the past year. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. That didn't happen at all. Um, 
gas creeping towards $4 a gallon on average. Uh, Indiana, we're looking at $3.86 per gallon. Okay, so Have let's... Have you noticed it's gone up? Well, but let's let's talk about, you know, we're never going to miss a chance to talk about gas here in Indiana mm-hmm. because that gives us a an opportunity to remind you of the scoundrels and scallywags down the street from us at 200 West Washington and the role they play in that. And the reality is that of every gallon of gas you buy, and it fluctuates from month to month, 60 ish cents or more of every gallon of gasoline you buy in this state goes to taxes instituted by the Indiana Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's one of the things that they're going to look at <laughs> with their task force? Well, considering they just uh, renewed the tax for three more years, it goes up every year for extra 90. It's easy to say, and they always do this, well, it's just one penny. Mm-hmm. Well, the number is what matters, right? And the number of one pennies, when you put them all together, is $90 million in new taxes over the next three years. So, yes, absolutely. Biden plays a huge role in the price of gas. Absolutely. Without debate, without discussion, Joe Biden is a huge villain in what you pay at the pump. But so are the people down the street from us, Casey, and they should not get a free pass. And every time you put that little nozzle, now, don't be like Mike Pence. Remember to actually select the gas you wish to purchase when you fill up. Remember that the Republicans are as equally bad as Biden in this Mm -hmm. because everybody's working against you. It's exactly what the guy in the Richmond, North of Richmond song, the the, uh, Anthony Oliver, Anthony Oliver, Anthony, is that his name? Yeah. uh, Is what he's saying. They're all in cahoots against you. They tax you. They take from you. They may, they devalue your dollar. That is what is happening when the price of oil goes up the dev- and the price of gasoline goes up. Your dollar is devalued because it takes more dollars to get to the same place. I love this reaction from Ted Cruz. I want to play this before we leave because I just thought it was just so visceral. This is uh, right before the indictments came down in Georgia against Donald Trump, uh, you know, as the Democrats abusing the justice system, weaponizing it against Donald Trump. But Ted Cruz, he just goes off. And I, I felt like this was like a real true feeling from the guy. But you ask what my reaction is. I'm pissed. I'm pissed at these over and over and over again. If there are indictments tonight, it'll be the fourth indictment of Donald Trump. This is disgraceful. Our country is over 200 years old. We have never once indicted a former president or a candidate and a leading candidate for president. And this is Joe Biden and this is the Democrats weaponizing the justice system because they're afraid of the voters. This is disgraceful. It is wrong and it is an abuse of power by angry Democrats who have decided the rule of law doesn't matter to them anymore. I feel like he's he's the dad and you're grounded. But here's the thing, as angry as Ted Cruz is right there, what is he doing about it? Well, and that's the great point. And they want you to believe that Trump is worse than like James Buchanan, who is the reason we had the Civil War or worse than Nixon or worse than, I mean, from a corruption standpoint, Clinton or mm-hmm. obviously Biden. I mean, they just they just want to make you believe like Trump. I said this last night on the on the show that I was on. They, Trump now has more indictments than BTK, Ted Kennedy, uh, Ted Kennedy, Ted Bundy. Should have could have said Ted Kennedy for this one too. BTK, Ted, Ted Bundy, John Gacy, and Jeffrey Dahmer combined. Casey, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for listening. We're going to catch you back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC.